Today we have one of my good buds, my hand-to-hand weapons expert and fella I have missed on the show today. You may know him from his po- hit podcast, Community Service, from MTV's Party Stories, the last Just for Last New Faces Montreal Comedy Festival before the world <laughs> ended, from touring the country as a stand-up comic, and from the show we co-produce at the comedy store called Buried, which will be back once they reopen, Craig Conant. Craig, thanks for coming in. Yeah, thanks for saying Oh. Thanks for the booster seat. How yeah. are you, bud? <laughs> yeah, we're sitting on a... So happy you're fucking here, man. So happy. So happy to get CPU. I've been s- sticking in this fucking room for so long. I know. Good to see another comic. It's just yeah. like when you see your brother, brethren, you're like, ah, yeah, feels a comedian. Good. Feels good. Um, so could, today, Craig, we're going to talk about Anthony Fat Tony Salerno, the same Fat Tony the Simpsons character is based on. Also, by the end of this podcast, and the listeners can do this too at home, I will be asking you questions, and we will know what kind of mafioso you would be. Hey. I, I, uh, the Simpson, I remember that, that one scene where he's like, yeah, go suck a lemon. Remember that yeah. shit? I mean, <laughs> I, I kind of a little, I would have enjoyed, like, instead of gangs growing up, mafia guys. Yeah. I feel it's a little more. They, they they have a little more charisma with it. Yeah, know? there's a little, a little more, more fun, fun style, and it doesn't seem like. A, but I don't know. Maybe they a were more just spaghetti. Jumping. A little more spaghetti. Yeah. That's what they would have <laughs> loved for us to have said to them. <laughs> I shoot you in the head, but I feed you a meatball yeah, first. Exactly. I, hey, at least I'm full when I die. Hey, Amen. You know, it's, you a, know? it's a tummy. A big tummy <laughs> doesn't hurt. So here's a little background information about Fat Tony. He was given the name by a younger mafioso, and he did not really like being called that. Uh, don't know. How many people would have enjoyed the name Fat Fat Steve or Fat Craig? Uh, do you have a nickname? Where does it come from? And who and what time in your life did they give it to you? Oh, I have so many. They call me uh, Lonnie Burger. Um, Lonnie Burger? I like that. What's that one? Pelon. Oh, pel- Pelon means baldy. I was bald till I was like five. I didn't grow hair. So they call me Pelon. So that's and, why you've had hair the whole time now. This yeah. is like backtracking for the yeah, rest of your life. for my childhood, <laughs> motherfuckers. And then that turned into like... Lonnie and then Lonnie Burger, Lonnie Booger. Um, Where do you get this from, family or this like uh, a- My Mexican side, they came up with that shit. does seem like Mexican people love nicknames. Yeah, and then my dad would call me a shithead or a knucklehead, you know. <laughs> Pussy face. Pussy face, that was that, no, that's that an was opening that one. one huh? that was just, uh, yeah. I don't know. I got it. That's that's all I could come up Those with. Those are pretty right good. Now. I mean, I'd also enjoy how your hair is so long now. Just like when like there was like a kid who was fat as a kid, and then when he gets older, he gets buff. Yeah, yours was just a bald kid, and now you have <laughs> right. luscious oh, yeah. long locks. Take that first five years. <laughs> uh, my nickname. I actually got Scuba Steve from a group of drug dealers I used to hang out with. I used to sell drugs for a really long time. Uh, they were kind of in a gang, and they gave each other nicknames. There's Chad the Box, Squeak, and a couple other guys. I was never really in the gang, per se. I was kind of like a guy who just hung out on the outside, you know? And they were doing, like, breaking and entries, and I would just kind of either sell the stuff that they sold or sell the drugs that they sold. Gang adjacent. Gang adjacent, yeah. I was we- in the similar boat. I yeah. knew who they were, but I was like, I don't fight. What are you, crazy? Yeah, yeah. I didn't want to do the things they yeah. were doing. You're- I, got, I, knew, I, I knew at some point this wasn't my end game. Yeah. 
So I was like, I'm just doing this because I don't want to work at Foot Locker and I don't want to work at a fast food restaurant and I want to have free weed. And yeah. I love the drugs that I'm selling. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it was a passion That's project. That's why we all did it. Yeah, Let's be real. Because if like, we got a job, our job, we would just been spell it, spending the money on the drugs anyway. I was like, wait a minute, I could sell that and get free shit. Okay, so a fun fact about Fat Tony is he was a classic mob guy. He was never actually directly tied to anything. Many of the others who knew him would mention that he would actively threaten to break legs, harm families. And one time he would do kind of this, like, if he really didn't like a bunch of people, uh, like a group of guys, he would gather them up, put them against a wall, and do a firing squad and uh, kill them all. That was kind of his thing. He was kind of like, it seems to me from all the stuff I've done in research, he was... uh, he was the guy all mafia kind of stereotypes was based on. And uh, he's a pretty interesting guy. Has anyone ever made a crazy threat to you or anyone else that you can remember? Oh, yeah. What was a uh, good one? Um, I was uh, I was getting a lot of dre- death threats at one point in my life, and it was like uh, animal rights activists, animal lovers were saying they wanted me to be killed by horses, stomped out by horses, ripped apart by horses. And why did they go after you? You have a lot of minks Uh, in this time? Because I threw firecrackers at uh, police officers on horses and on the 4th of July, that one bit. That's a true story. And then that made the paper, and then all all the... they went at me, and they were just like, yeah, they, they were very vicious. They were just <laughs> yeah, yeah. It seems to be like the PETA like, people and the PC police are actually the most vicious. Yeah. They're like Fat Tony, you know? We're going to break your fucking legs. Yeah. We're going to set your minks on fire. They, we're going to kill your old They sent family. me messages. I want you to be ripped apart by horses. Like, uh, someone said they want me to have, like, a Mongolian death. That's where the horses stomp you out. and Just very. I was just, I was just having a good time. I don't know. Yeah, it was more on fireworks at a cop who happened to be on a horse it was more so i wasn't paying attention <laughs> oh okay yeah yeah, yeah. that's the truth and uh, it shouldn't be your fault man. yeah it was an accident it's just... they always I, i've never seen a PETA person actually follow through with their threats. no no they did not uh other threats i don't know probably just like fights yeah and drunk fights. shit yeah i've had many I can't threats even remember me. There's one homeless guy in my neighborhood that yells at me that I'm a pedophile every time I walk by him. And that one gets old quick. I'm going to be honest. That's, that's the one insult I'm like, I might kick the shit out of this fucking homeless dude if he keeps calling me a pedophile. Just get the fury being arrested for yeah. beating a fucking homeless man. I told you to shut up. Yeah. And then, the, and then the, some homeless advocate will be like, I want you ripped apart by two yeah. homeless people. You're like, every day. Every, I just wanted to go to Target. <laughs> I mean, a pedophile is pretty rough. Yeah. That's like the worst. You call me anything you want. That's the worst one to be called. It's the worst. All right. As a young man, Tony became involved with the Luciano ma- mob family. The Luciano mob family was created by Charles Lucky Luciani, born Salvatore Luciania in 1897 in Sicily. He probably did more to create the modern American mafia and the National Crime Syndicate than any other single man. Luciano led a group of young Italian Jewish mobsters against the order set of so-called Mustache Peets. So before Luciano, there's a group of guys named the Mustache Peets that were running crime. In hey, New bad York. name. Bad name. Bad name. Bad name. Out the gates. Out the gate. You, you, I mean, they should have known like yeah. bad Mustache Peets were not going to be the What kind of game. mob think tank were you in when that one was the fucking winner, huh? <laughs> 
What was going on over there, Mafia? It was just, yeah, there wasn't a yes or no mustache guy to the mustache Pete. Okay, Whiskey Pete. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like also it was just one guy named Pete with a mustache. Yeah. He's like, hey, well, why don't we go to the mustache Pete's? <laughs> like, like, yeah, all right. Yeah, uh, I don't have a mustache, and my name's not Pete. It's like Gladys Knight and the Pips, but just the Pete's. Okay, the mustache Pete's. Pete's, like you said, terrible name. Terrible. What would your mafia family name be, or what would your gang's name be? Oh, uh, La Migra. La Migra. Isn't that the police? That's like the border police. <laughs> I like that. Switch it on them. You know what I mean? Yeah. I used to, well, one time, uh, there was a burrito place right across from my high school, and you weren't really allowed to go there at lunch, you know, but once you got a little bit older, you stopped caring. I was in there as a freshman. I skipped school to do it, and I saw that the principal was coming in, and she was about to come in. That You know, the, the place knows these kids aren't supposed to be yeah. there. And I went to the chef, and I said, La Migra, La Migra, like three times, and he brought me and let me leave out the back. Really? I swear to God. He was a great guy. I mean, I went there like four times a week. That Why would you say that? That was the only thing you knew? You know. I just knew that it meant like someone bad was coming. Okay. And then he, I mean, he obviously, I was like, I was like a white kid wearing a polo. He like obviously knew like it wasn't. <laughs> he hit them. you by the beans. Yeah. He, he just like, <laughs> it was just me between lard and beans. Yeah. And I was just handing tortillas. Manteca. Manteca. So that was pretty good. Oscar's uh, burrito place, very Mexican food. You ever whack it with manteca? What's manteca? The lard you were hiding next jerk to. Jerk off to lard? <laughs> I'm That's just kidding. Yeah, I got to go Sorry. through a lot of things before I'm going <laughs> to fucking jerk off the lard. <laughs> Soap, conditioner, <laughs> probably have no hands. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I really... got to be hard to get off your dick, too. Yeah. During this time with the Luciano family, he would help with gambling, running numbers, illegal lottery, loan sharking, and was involved with protection rackets. Gambling rackets primarily involved the mafia overseeing casinos and skimming money off the top. Most loan sharking was conducted through illegal borrowing from mafia-run union pensions and charging exorbitant interest fees on the loans to the barber borrowers. Protection rackets are pretty straightforward. You just, uh, they go into your business and say, hey, someone's probably going to come in here and break all your shit if you don't pay them every month. But this, then the people that will come in is us. So just yeah, pay us. We're people. It's called extortion, yeah, bitch. We're people. So here's my question. Um, one, have you ever heard of anyone borrowing money from the mafia and it worked out? No. Why do people continue to do this? It doesn't see, no one's ever been like, yeah, I borrowed 40 grand from the mafia. Uh, they, they didn't worry about my late fees, and everything turned out right. It's like, no, uh, I've shattered my fucking shins. Thank God I never got into that world. There's so many gamblers that just just, just get shit They'll kill alive. you. They'll I know. kill you. For betting on a game, it makes what no sense. What are you sense. doing? Also, I never knew that running numbers, I thought that was gambling. But it's so mafias would have their own lotto. Oh yeah, I thought it was just gambling. I thought it meant gambling. No, that's a different thing. Running lotteries is they ha numbers is they have their own lottery, and people in the neighborhood buy tickets and numbers, and then just hope that the mafia gives them the real numbers and shit. I don't know. So what what I looked at is you had a apparently you had a higher probability to win the mob mafia. lotto than you did the actual lotto. But it's also like. Imagine going to the mafia and be like, hey, you owe me four million. And they're like, no, we don't. And you're like, OK, I guess you don't. I'll I'm see you late. later. Yeah, I guess. What am I going to do? Like, Break your you like a bullet to the head or to the walk out of here without your four million? <laughs> I'll take uh, the negative four million, please. Can I go half and half a punch and two million? <laughs> yeah. I want right. a shoulder wound for a mill. <laughs> that was the first part. And now a message from our sponsors. Today, so I have exciting story to tell about beautiful new Ford Mustang car. 
And inside car, boy and mother, and shopping bag. And inside bag, box of post-rice crinkles. And inside box of post-rice crinkles? Wow, Mom! Boy, oh boy! There's a Mustang car inside the rice crinkles. Oh, no, dear. The rice crinkles are inside our Mustang. But there is a Mustang inside the rice crinkles. Oh, there is a Mustang inside the rice crinkles. A Mustang, just like ours. And so, sugary rice crinkles give happy ending to story. Boy, get Mustang. Mm. You do, too, inside post-rice crinkles. Collect them all, convertible, hardtop, and fastback. Race with your friends. You go vroom, vroom when you get Mustang car free inside Post Rice Creek. Luciano family started in 1931 and lasted until 1957. It was taken over by Vito Genovese. 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 Uh, prior to being in the Luciano family, they were known as the Morello Gang of East Harlem, which was regarded as the first mafia family in New York. That's pretty cool. That means that Fat Tony was most likely... One of the earliest members of the second generation Genovese family, and he started about 20 years old. So this guy started young. He's interning at the mafia, learning all this shit, and this is how he learns everything. Hey, Tony, this is how you whack a guy. Hey, go again. <laughs> it also seems like like being in the mafia and being in crime back then seems a lot more fun. Yeah. There's just no a lot less feds and uh, bugging. Like, and if rats. you get caught back then. It's got to be pretty hard. And they could escape from jail back then? That was a thing. They just broke out that with machine true, guns. That is true, yeah. That's not happening anymore. And Come on, criminals. Step your game up. Yeah, now, we got to think of something else. I want more criminals to be breaking yeah. out of jail. It's exciting. It's good. Something fun on the news for once. All right, so he, uh, Fat Tony was a part of the Michael Trigger Mike Coppola's crew. Okay, another bad name. Another <laughs> bad name. Are you fucking kidding me? Dude? And he was able to climb the ranks of the Genovese family. Trigger Mike. How many people do you have to kill to be named Trigger Mike? I bet you got to go through a few names, you know? You know, like uh, Mike, don't punch that guy. Mike, who bought a gun. Mike, who killed a guy. Mike, who killed five guys. And then Trigger Mike. How about a knife, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Use your hands, Mike. Maybe words. Use your words, yeah, yeah. Mike. That's the guy I want to work with. Uh, probably not. You probably want to be with Trigger Mike. Yeah. I, he, I would be Gun Gus. Gun Gus? Gun Gus. Yeah. I uh, don't know. I was just being silly. What could we do? What's a crate? Well, we're going to come up with our name oh, in a okay. little bit. So let's do that one. He joined in the crew in the 1930s. This crew was also known as the 16th Street Crew and the Uptown Crew. This is before they really get into the Genovese family. Being involved with this group was Fat Tony learned all about classic East Coast Mafia. According to the FBI reports released under the Freedom of Information Act... They began observing his activities as early as 1947. He said activities. Activities, yeah. I cannot read. Okay, I'm doing this. <laughs> He's sitting here me reading that. Are you fucking kidding me? You're oh, doing yeah. good. You're oh, doing great. Dude, uh, my mother called me and was just like, I don't know if I like your podcast. You can't pronounce anything. I was like, well, maybe you should have sent me to a better school, Mom. Maybe that's on you, huh? Hey, this guy's reading during the think Why? You're setting yourself up for failure, bro. Yeah. Oh, and some people are like, why don't you memorize it? I'm like, you want me to fucking, fucking memorize insane? eight pages and edit it and video it? That's a lot of work. Get the fuck out of here. One document describes a then 36-year-old Fat Tony as being 5'6", weighing 236 pounds. Is this fat enough to be given the name Fat Tony? How about, like, Chubbs? Exactly. How about uh, Husky Tony? 
glandular problem, Tony. <laughs> Thick Tony. How about slightly more exercise and his body yeah. will change, Tony? Yeah. And can we talk about the mafia? F- Stop shaming people. Yeah, mafia. You know, they're always like, it's like Big Nose Mike, Fat Tony, Cross-Eyed Tim. It's like, dude, go something about their personalities. Yeah, Tony Whispers. Tony Whispers, got the yeah. emphysema you make yeah. fun of. And he snitches. Mm-hmm. Oh, here's an interesting thing. So in the beginning of uh, Fat Tony's crime, just just lifestyle, the FBI was complaining that they could not get a photo of Fat Tony. So they really had no idea what he looked like. They didn't really have much birth records back then with the pictures and shit. So how interesting is it that at a time it was hard to get a photo of someone? Yeah. Now Fat Tony has MySpace and Hotmail. Yeah. Now you could probably get Fat Tony's sex tape if (laughs) you really looked hard enough. It's in the cloud. (laughs) (laughs) In the 1950s, the FBI began describing Fat Tony as a top hoodlum in the Genovese family. Hoodlum, that's just a good word. I know it is. It's a good word. Hoodlum, rascal. Hooligan. Hooligan. Yeah, I like those are all things I identify with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think hoodlums like at the last one before it's like criminal. That's how I named my tears on Patreon. It was hooligan. Uh, Did you actually? That's a great yeah. one. Yeah, oh, that's good. And uh, what was that Rascal? one I just said? Hoodlum. Ras- I forgot. Hooligan. Go look, go look it up. Hoodlum. <laughs> Whatever, man. Yeah. Just check it out. Go put money into his. Yeah. Thing. Give me five Let's bucks. Give five bucks, man. <laughs> He's gonna give you great content. This is one of the funniest guys in the world. <laughs> All right, this was due to the fact that he owned a house in Harlem, an apartment in Gramercy Park, a large house in Rhinebeck, New York, on a large plot of land, and multiple houses in Miami Beach, Florida. Damn. More like real estate mogul. That's what I'm saying. God damn. If he had that now, he'd be like fucking one of the richest people out there. Also, though, so the FBI's following him. How do you not notice in the 40s that the FBI is following him? Like, just be like, hey, there's a lot of guys with fucking fedoras and trench coats following me. Yeah, and there was only like nine cars back then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, and like 20 people in New York. Half of them, yeah. if you see a new guy, he's probably in the feds. <laughs> but I guess everyone in the 40s kind of looked like they were in a fed. They all had like weird hats. I wish, I, I'm hoping that we one day go back to the thing of like us wearing suits. Or no, it kind of sucks. Nah, yeah, it does kind of suck. That's like. What about my Vans jacket, man? Yeah, the Vans jacket is, and also the sweats. Have you been Have you been doing sweats the whole pandemic? Yes, I got into them recently. I did not know. I did not know. They're a game changer. Yeah, I know. And the what real the- problem is, I'm, I'm I gotta find my I gotta stop myself from wearing them all the time. They're so comfortable. They're so. Have you done it on stage yet? No, probably not. LA no, I'll there. never do that. That it's you can't do that. I do. I believe so too. I believe I get. You're I just look a nice slob. For the show. Yeah, you're you're a slob. I think so too. There's people that can do it. You know, I don't know, but you know who they are. Like it fits their character. Yeah. Well, but, like a black comic. A black comic. I feel like. Well, they wear like a suit. Yeah, and it's, it's like expensive pimp, sweats. and it's yeah. like not yeah. what we would do. It's not yeah. Russell. Yeah, you can't go up with Fruit of the Loom. Baggy at the ankle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Need some taper. You got to taper you your sweats. Yeah, you can't. Um, they'll make it look. Fl- I could see you doing that in like a pimp. Daddy matching sweatsuit. Yeah, I, That's I mean, different. But if you're just wearing fucking. I remember I saw Norm McDonald do it at the Laugh Factory. And of course I didn't care because he's one of the fucking goats. Yeah. And he's just in a stained shirt and sweats. And I'm like, wow, you really just don't give a fuck. He murdered, of course. And I've been a fan of his my whole life. But it was just laughable. Like, he's a guy that could pull it off. Us, you're going to be like, are they okay? Yeah, for sure. I've also, like, I remember when I first started comedy, I would dress up nice i think it's working right 
Mike check, Mike check. No, I put my thumb on that, and oh, I got okay. scared. Um, oh, dude, I did two full podcasts, and Frank never turned on the po- the thing. Oh, we dude. did a full podcast. The next two, uh, two a week later, did another full podcast. That's never my turned biggest on the mic. nightmare. Well, yeah. at least you have audio from that. Did you salvage it? A little bit. <sighs> I can salvage a little bit. Luckily, the programs I use have this like yeah, audio fix. Yeah, because I've had to do that works. once. Yeah, a camera or shit failure. Yeah, fuck. What were we just talking about? I don't Sorry. remember. We'll keep going. <laughs> 1959 <laughs> brings on the. F- <laughs> we got a lot to go. I, I think the people aren't gonna mind. I'm fucking back, Fury. Yeah, you're back, I'm buddy. Back. I don't remember. The shit. edibles are kicking in. Oh, we're in. Wow, it, so. before I burst my teeth. 1959 brings on one of the first major steps of Fat Tony. Becoming a real mafioso. What happens is he increases numbers as a number. Or he increases his notoriety as a numbers guy. That mafia lotto we've been talking about. Okay. In 1959, he had so much money that he was a secret financial backer to a boxing match held at Yankee Stadium. The fight between boxer, Swedish boxer Injamar Johansson and American boxer Floyd Patterson. So what happens was, I guess back in the day, you couldn't just have. I mean, I guess you can't really have your own fights now. But what he did is he created this huge fight, made it seem real, and kind of determined who was going to win. And the government got really pissed about this. And if you want to look at the fight, I'll put a little clip up there. It looks a little at the end that Floyd took a a fall because, honestly, you don't really see see white boxers beat up black boxers very often. It's true. The FBI is now on his case for throwing this fucked up fake fight. And additionally, during this time, Fat Tony was known to have a group of enforcers traveling with him for protection. And he had the forethought to publicly demonstrate he wasn't doing any funny business because the cops that were because cops were trying to get him. So he's out there pretending to be a good businessman, but surrounded by all these bodyguards. As the FBI closes in. Uh, Fat Tony just gives him one of his underlings to be a fall guy for Fat Tony, and that guy goes to jail for the fight. And even though t- uh, at this time Fat Tony is technically on the run, Fat Tony was doing a great job of running his numbers in Harlem. Craig just murdered five people after the FBI caught him fixing fights, and he ran to the Yoohoo room of flappers. <laughs> Where are you going on the run from there? <laughs> I'd rather go to jail. <laughs> So let's say you're on the run. Where are you going? You're going to Mexico, a big city, Mexico. mountains. Yeah. Mexico. I'm yeah, I got Mexico. family down there. I'm going to Mexico. I don't even have any family. Uh, hide me in the hills. And I'll eat tacos going. and get fat like Tony. Yeah, I'll do that too. And hopefully the people I murdered were bad people. Yeah, yeah. They're they're, bad. they're, they're mafiosos, you nice. know. They're or like just, just pieces. They're PETA employees. Um, you know what I want to do? And this I've always thought about this one. I th- and the same goes for zombies. I'm gonna go on a boat. Yeah. I'm going on a boat and I'm going out. I'm just gonna sail around. I don't know how to. You better take lessons. Yeah, that's, I gotta start starting not that, that one easy. Quick. You gotta flip up the fl- flipper. <laughs> yeah, I gotta flip the flipper. You gotta float the floaters, and you gotta drive the driver. I went on one sailboat once, and it was like work, and I had to like crank shit, and I was like, oh man, just get an engine, you know? Oh, first sailboat I ever got on was in fourth grade. Um, it was we. For some reason, we learned about sailing in fourth grade, and I was a bad kid, nice. and the teachers were mad because the cra- the class appointed me as one of the captains, and we go on this ship. It's my birthday. It's in San Francisco. The whole class goes to sleep on a ship in fourth grade. I won't stop topping, talking, and as a captain, I can't get in trouble, so the teachers on my birthday, this is the birthday night, they get me to take, to punish me, they get me to take a... A pallet of wood, quite large, about as tall as I am, to bring it on the ship and bring it off the ship. Okay, I go, okay, it's my birthday, whatever, I don't care. I take all the wood, bring it off the ship, then I go, I'm done. They go, now you got to bring it 
on the ship, right? This is probably 1230 at night. I start crying as I'm doing it. It's my birthday. I can cry. This is a completely true story. I can cry if I want to, cry if I want to, right? I keep saying that. Little do I know uh, there's holes underneath my feet where the whole class is sleeping, and they hear me singing, it's my birthday. I can cry if I want to. So once I finish that, and they go, okay, you can go back downstairs. I go downstairs. The whole place is dark. I think everyone's sleeping. I lay down, and about 12 people start singing, it's my birthday. I can cry if I want to. Did you laugh or were you humiliated? Probably a combo of both. Nice. Pretty humiliating. Yeah. Pretty humiliating, but, you know, <laughs> still a popular kid, but that one was rough. Okay, so. Yeah, that's what you get for being a bad kid. Yeah, it's, I mean, I was, I wouldn't stop talking, and they didn't want me, they just wanted to show that I was a fucking idiot. Okay, so who are your enforcers going to be? Let's say you are, you need some enforcers. Where are you getting them? Who are they? Are, are they friends that you can trust? Are you outsourcing them? Family. Family. Yes. You got a couple guys that you th- you would trust. Yes. Yeah. I like that. I don't have my family is just like Republican Christians. They'll, they'll surprise you. Yeah. They're, I, the, they're the most vicious one. They, 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 <laughs> they are. T- I mean, yeah, maybe PETA. Maybe I'm going to get PETA yeah. to come in and just yeah. uh, just verbally bash everyone around me. So you got your family. Okay. I like that one. I think I'm going to go, you know, like Halliburton, like private military. Maybe just get like three guys. One guy. Uh, so when um, Mitzi Shore died at the comedy store, I was still a door guy. And during her funeral, I just hung out there. Or I was working the belly room. And, and during the funeral, no one wants to go hang out in the belly room, right? So I'm at the top of the belly room. And uh, we're watching everybody. All these famous people are coming in, eating bagels and shit and talking to each other. And behind me, I hear a guy go, they all want something from us and we just can't give it to them. And me, I'm with my buddy then, Derek Post, and we turn around, and it's Jim Carrey. And he's telling us about all the people down there that they – he's putting us with him for some reason. He used to be a door guy, so I guess he thinks we're equals or something. And he goes, they all want something from us, and we just can't give it to him. And I'm like, yeah, for sure, Jim. And then he goes, fucking Byron Allen won't stop asking for my phone number. Byron Allen, a billionaire. And then he turned – I go, wow, man, can I talk – and then as I turn around, this fucking – badass like marine type dude who's like a it's like a half white half black dude shaved head looked like a badass dude was his bodyguard and he just stopped in between us and then we got to talk to jim carrey for a minute but i want like two of those guys yeah so he was hiding from byron allen pretty much yeah that's so funny i know it's not like what the funny he didn't want to give his phone number to byron allen hey byron chill yeah you know the game hit his manager (laughs) up if he wants to do it he'll do it yeah i mean it's just also funny he's like i don't want to give my number to a guy who's a billionaire yeah i would love to give my album hey byron my number is yeah, yeah. five five dm either of us will share our information you can have my social security number yeah, i don't give yeah, a fuck yeah. i got Just nothing put a going few on. bucks in it you know <laughs> sign up for his patron please byron drop a couple Just bucks on bucks. It. come on fat tony was so good at running numbers that by 1960 he was running a billion dollars number racket business in harlem and was in charge of a multi-million dollar loan shark operation to put this in perspective, today's money, a billion dollars in 1960 is equal to roughly $8.8 billion in 2021. That's a hell of a lottery, Tony. That's a hell of a lottery, Fat Tony. Here's my question about this. eight: Where are you going to store your money? Let's say, you know, this seems to be a problem in a lot of the cocaine movies. Guy starts selling cocaine, start making so much money, he doesn't know where to put it. Craig? Other than giving up your secret uh, place where you store money, where are you going to store 
eight billion dollars. I don't know, man. Like you gotta. I've watched. I've watched Ozarks. It can't get wet. Can't yeah. get moldy. There's bugs that eat it. It's like this isn't. Imagine having that problem. You have a pallet of money. Where the fuck can I put it? And you can't even spend it because if you spend too much of it, people notice it. You can't put it in a. Where am I? I never understood that end game. It's just like you can't even spend the fucking money you're making. Uh, I don't know the forest. I'm running I'm on empty, bro. I'm just. I think so. This is my thing. My so one of the, that little group of gang guys that I was affiliated with. He had a grow house where he bought a plot of land in the uh, uh, forest, uh, kind of like halfway between Tahoe and, and uh, Sacramento. And he buried a uh, shipping container. Jesus Christ. And then he, he had like two of those and he grew weed in there. So my idea would be, I mean, you still have to have a big ass truck to bring the shit out there. But that would be my best idea Would I get something in a back alley road. And then but then whoever I had build this fucking thing i'd have to kill them so they didn't know where all my shit yeah, was and I'm not, i don't want to i don't want to i don't want to kill people not yet but there's a couple of you that put yeah, on notice another pandemic i'll snap yeah okay but i kept i kept it cool on this one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one notable fact about fat tony is that unlike most of his racist mafia brethren he had no issue staying in harlem as it diversified and grew into a latin x community in an african-american neighborhood in fact it was noted that hispanic he, Hispanic, yeah, I know. Latinx. Some people get mad. I don't know. You, I think you're allowed to say whatever you I'm want. I'm half Mexican, so go yeah. fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I could. We could say whatever we yeah. want. Yeah, because we got a real deal Mexican on this show, folks. Yeah, I know I look white, but you talked to my grandma. She didn't speak English, so yeah. fuck you. In fact, it was known that he would actively run numbers in those neighborhoods as well as distribute dice games around the area. Of the city, Fat Tony is often involved in major decisions and begins moving up the Genovese family. There's little written about Fat Tony in this time, but his success in running numbers and gambling puts him on the fat track to become a leader in the Genovese family. As early as 1970s approach, Fat Tony is promoted to the office position of consigliere. A consigliere is an advisor to the head of a mafia family and a very trusted individual. The term was popularized by the Godfather series, but an actual, but is an actual mafia position. The consigliere will often represent the boss at major meetings within a, within a family as well as meetings with other families. This is a highly respected position because the consigliere is one of the only people who can actually backtalk the boss or tell him that his ideas are fucked up or good or just kind of mouth off in general. Consigliere. 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 I was just reading that word. I know. It's really hard. Yeah. And I have no idea if I'm saying it right. I hope we are. I yeah. think we are. I'm doing a lot Nailed of research. It. So. Often the right hand of the... F this guy is often the right hand of the family. Besides me, obviously, Craig, who would be your consigliere and why? Oh. A wise criminal. Oh, so you're going... Okay, wow, interesting. So it's not a friend. It's not a... You don't read my answer yet. No, I'm reading the the page, and I don't know why. Oh, yeah. It's um, all you know. You don't got a childhood best friend. You don't got maybe the girl that you live with. Mine would definitely not. Well, mine might be my girlfriend. She's pretty She's good. not really into crime, though. Well, this malicious one is, moves to stay on top but this as person, a mob boss. I find that this person doesn't necessarily have to do this stuff. This person is just more of like a... Is like a as a voice of reason. Hmm. Uh, yeah, then maybe my girl. Because, you know, 
men tend to run a little hot. And yeah. Women kind of help. Like, no, no, don't don't murder skinny Tom. Yeah, yeah. she's know. like, you got to think of the outcome. Yeah. Where a guy's just like, cut gotta, him up, do yeah. whatever's got to happen. People like skinny Tom. You look like a monster. <laughs> <laughs> Fat Tony. <laughs> Fat Tony. Skinny Tom's also autistic, so it kind of looks bad if you're killing the only autistic guy. Uh, yeah. Okay, your girl. I like that yeah, one. Okay, yeah, that'll, that'll work. I'm going to go with my buddy Hormos Rashidi because he's one of my best buds. Um, uh, he's very trustworthy. Also, he's a lot older than I am, so he'll probably die with my secrets. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? You don't want to die, and then your concierge who knows everything can just talk about you. Hormos, you're gonna die. Soon. You're gonna die soon. <laughs> I'm, I want to say that. Okay, bro. I love you, man. In front of everybody. <laughs> Additionally, Fat Tony receives a reputation of being one of the key factors in the commission, obtaining so much power across the United States because he's willing to talk to the other four major families. So pretty much, a lot of the guys in New York at the time, a lot of mafioso bosses, are kind of like stuck up. You know, it's kind of like comedy. It's like if you're not in the L.A. scene and you're from a smaller town when you come here, some people are like, I don't really care. Anything you accomplished in Phoenix doesn't really matter. Whereas he's like, yeah, let's branch out. Let's see what people are doing in Phoenix. And he starts getting in, uh, really gets in with the guys in Cleveland, which at the time it's an actual good city with a lot of shit going on. Um, so one, who knew Cleveland had a mafia? How tiny does a town have to be to still have a mafia? And Craig. What city would you like to be the head mafia don in? Because if you're New York, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of too people, much competition. Too much stuff. Exactly. Okay, you're thinking. I'll take Redondo Beach, baby. Redondo I'm Beach. I'm fucking mafia. running those whites. <laughs> I like that. That's a good Manic one. Manic Hispanic is coming at you, white people. What I you love got? that one, you know. You're Watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you're just outside of, like, some fishery just demanding <laughs> prices. I like that one. I'm going to go. <laughs> Give me your ceviche, bitch. <laughs> I need 10% ceviche tax <laughs> yeah. in Redondo. Fuck yeah. Um, I'm going to go Miami. That seems like a lot of competition That does down there. seem, yeah. I don't want any wars. I just want a nice, easy mafia lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, like people like just look over you and they don't really yeah. care about what's happening. Redondo Beach is a good one. Because you'll just be King Kong down there. Yeah. Yeah. And you just keep your nose like, clean. You can have LA. I'll take the outskirts. I'll yeah. take the beach cities. Yeah, Redondo would Hermosa, be the easiest. I run that town. Yeah. You Sharkies, <laughs> they pay me. You, you want your tiki juice? You want your tiki juice? Ten percent. You could go to. You could take over Manhattan Beach at <laughs> any point too. I can fart on them. Yeah. I surrender. <laughs> trust funds here. Take my collar. <laughs> that is the most trust fund city I've ever been in in my life. I mean, honestly, Manhattan man. Beach. It's pretty bougie. Comedy really makes me. A lot of times, I like go to these things. I'm like, how are these people have no jobs? And you're like, oh no, they just make a shit ton of money. Oh, they're just rich. Them. Yeah, I was like, oh, ri- there's so many rich people. A lot of poor people. Yeah, I'm trying but, to go up. Jump up a level. Yeah, I need to be a rich guy. Mm-hmm. It's better. So it seems a little bit better. <laughs> it's a little I mean, bit. you're in my studio, studio apartment, <laughs> sitting on my pillow pillows. On yeah, a I'm chair. sitting on two pillows yeah. on a folding chair. On a folding. Don't chair. let the production fool you. Mm, no, no, <laughs> this is not. We're not at. Uh, this is a Fisher Price. <laughs> Whiswood Studios. Yeah, that's actually from a karaoke machine. <laughs> so, is it? No. Oh, okay. it's a sure. Fifty-eight, baby. Oh, that's, that's a expensive nice. mic. Sure is good. Sure is good. He is well known for being an old school and mafia guy, and he scoffs at younger mafia osos who spend their money freely on fancy cars and thousand dollar suits. During his time as a top officer for the Genovese family, Fat Tony is known for being strict about his certain behaviors. You want to do a little popping like that? No? Genovese? Genovese. Genovese. If, if Fat Tony caught wind of a family member abusing drugs or having an affair with the wife of another family member, family member being the mafia, he would order a hit on them. 
Damn. Yes. Keep it together, junkies and sexies. <laughs> so we're going to talk about that in a second. Hold on. Fat Tony was very discreet about the hit or- hits he ordered, and there was no direct proof that he ever made a hit on anybody, but he did. Uh, respect was very important to Fat Tony. He was a not not a fan of use li- utilizing drugs to earn money. Fat Tony preferred to run numbers, do scams, utilize the power of the mafia he had in the unions to get money. So, go. I was just going to say, it's so funny that the mob was like, nah, like not drugs. I mean, obviously that's changed over the years, but back then they were just like, we don't want. And that's when the feds came in. It's always, see what happens is, the real bad guys come and we start murdering people. And you don't start murdering people very often for money laundering, things like that. What happens is you get into drugs, and the drugs you make a shit ton of money, and then you end up murdering someone. And then the drug addicts, and then shit gets, you know, a little shady, shifty. That's why when, when I was dealing drugs, I only dealt weed and sometimes Norcos and Percocets because I always thought about getting into cocaine, but then you have to start dealing with cocaine addicts. It's the worst. And cocaine dealers. Yeah, I did the the blow game for like three weeks, and yeah. then that didn't work out. And then it's also just sad. Your homie's like, hits you up at 5 a.m. 19 times. Like, you just leave it on your porch, man. And you're like, damn. Damn, dog. 100%. Like, this is sad. This is so sad. A hundred percent. It's such I'll a I'll leave extra game. money. Just fucking do it, please. They call you. They show yeah. up at your window knocking. It's the like, weed is just chill. Chill. It's like, Kush? Yeah. Come yeah, on. Got it, yeah. No? Next guy. They're normally asleep by 930. Yeah. yeah. Eating cereal, cinnamon toast yeah. crunch. Good man. Good man. Okay, so here we go. This is the one I want to do. So let's say you're going to be a mafia boss, okay? You're going to be a mafia guy. Are you... It's exciting. You know, mafia criminal, whatever you're doing. Are you a guy that's wearing the flashy clothes, the gold the gold watches, the 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 Cadillacs? What What's your style of a mafia guy? I think I would be me- medium flashy. I wouldn't be too flashy because I... I'm smart enough to know that I've seen the mafia movies. Yeah, that never ends it well. Mm-hmm. Stop it. Stop it. You, you t- heat. It's coming. Uh, but then, like, of course, I have never. I, I'm on my way, baby. But I haven't been rich ever at any point in my life. So, you, of course, you get money. You're like, fuck, I want, I want a gold chain. I want a new jacket. You know, so I'm going to have that in me. But I For believe sure. I would keep it at bay because I'm also just kind of a fucking simple man type shit. I just like the basics. Like, my... Uh, definition of flashy isn't like this is flashy to me already like this jacket, nice jacket. Like, i'm not i'm not you know i'm not gonna wear a leopard suit like no. like a darius bennett or darius know? bennett's style is my favorite thing in the world it's awesome it's the best he's got fedoras yeah. and gold chains he's one what of the best would, what would you be <sighs> well see this was another question i was gonna ask you i would be flashy i'm a flashy person i i i just want to just yeah. ball out you like the shoes. You like the loud shirts. I like shirts. the shirts. Yeah. I like the stuff like that. It's just kind of my thing. Let's say we just did a huge cocaine deal. We made a couple million dollars. What's the first thing you're buying with some money? Truck. A GMC Sierra single cab pickup truck, preferably bench seat with the system. Um, like low that. profile. Not low rider. That's too. I, I don't want to stress over dips. Just yeah. low profile. You know, bring it down a couple Some rims. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. Yeah, I've been I've been looking at the trucks. I've been trying to get these old C10s, the '67 Chevy. C10. Yeah, the things, dude. You cannot buy a fucking old truck right now for like forty five thousand dollars. It's insane. I don't. It's over the pandemic. The shit. I sold. I used to have a '65 or '68 Chevy S uh, C10 long bed, and we sold it for like thirty five hundred. That thing right now would be like thirty five. It's so weird how the things the pandemic does. For instance, like 
apartment rentals drop. Yep. But then my homie's trying to buy a house and it went up. And he's like, I, I thought it was I was going to clean up. And he's like, I'm now I have to wait for it to go back down again because it, it fucking went up. It's in the, the whole economy doesn't make sense right now. It's the stock market is flying. Yet if, when you walk around, every business is dead. <laughs> and it, there's just homeless people and people yeah. trying to get unemployment. Nothing adds up. It's Nothing like, adds up. This shit is a game. This is fake, man. <laughs> My here's my this is my thing about homeless people. I think it works to me. Homeless people are like ivy, right? Like if you got a lot of ivy in your backyard, and you go out there a lot, it's not going to encroach and take over. But since the pandemic happened and people don't go go out anymore, homeless people have taken over LA. That's a good good analogy. They're creeping now. They're like now there's ivy to my back door. Yeah, I'm like what the fuck? I got to get a weed whacker to get rid of this shit. And uh, and of course you know you got to do the disclaimers these days. But as we're fucking loving human beings, we don't want this. We don't want that. We don't know the solution, but it's also when you see it every day, it just hits you like a ton of bricks, and you're just like, "Oh fuck!" You just get sad. You want to help, and you give you de- like I give them whatever I can when I can, but it's like they're fucked up, man. Like we, we it's just crazy. Well, also now you can't walk around L.A. I had to hit you up and find a knife because I was walking around and it was fucking terrifying. It's beyond sketchy. It, it is, yeah, it's beyond, beyond sketchy. sketchy. Just because desperate people. You know, desperate, uh, crazy people. Yeah. A lot of mental illness, a lot of schizophrenic, a lot of drug addicts. It's fucking uh, it ain't safe out in the in the streets right now. And Straight it's like, up. And if you ever turn on the citizen or next door app, don't do it. It is fucking terrifying, especially if you're here. My question is this one. Who's giving homeless people machetes? They're everywhere. Yeah. Every homeless person has a fucking machete. It's coming up on. <laughs> Cut to you just wearing like leather bands on your fucking arm just for, <laughs> for machetes and just knifing someone with my just small little knife. 300 style. You're like, oh, this is how you survive in L.A. now. I am a knife guy now, though. You have turned me on. They're phenomenal. It's a resourceful tool. Yep, open. It, it, you start doing a lot more stuff with mm-hmm. it. And I brought a camping. That was fun. Here we go. Here's one that I want to add to. Let's say you're mafia guy. What's your crime? What do you, what, what are you making money off? I would prefer like a nice innocent uh, scam, like the gas scam, where they're just ripping off, you know, oh, the I oil like tycoons and the government making like millions. Not so much harming small independent businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, not gonna lie, I don't want to do that. I don't want to bring uh, break Salami Sam's kneecaps yeah. for not paying me. That doesn't sound fun. No, either. I'll pass on that. But you know, uh, I kind of fuck with credit card scams. Yeah, I would do credit card. Yeah, it seems like if it seems like a lot of times people can get back from it. And and they're constantly ripping off the American people, so it's like, why not rip them yeah, off exactly. a little bit? Little little Robin Hood. So that's what I take that city bank, huh? Okay. Hope you're not sponsoring this. Yo, they're coming. We've talked to a lot of banks, <laughs> Wells Fargo. They're very interested in opening. Yeah, we get finance sponsors yeah, on yeah, our yeah, shit. Yeah. More like CBD gun oil for your dickhole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine is very bad. It's like e bombs world. Yeah. We're not dead yet. Check it out. 1976, Fat Tony became the underboss for the Genovese family. He takes over when the boss is sick or unavailable or for whatever reason. The responsibilities vary from family to family, but they often handle daily operations. They make sure the money goes where it needs to go. The underboss takes a percentage of all money being passed along. In 1976 was also an important year because of the first time Fat Tony was actually sent to jail for anything he did. The U.S. Attorney for New York at the time utilized weak charges stating that Fat Tony was guilty of tax evasion and gambling fraud because he did not report his $130,000 of gambling income from 1971 to 1974. It was suspected that the gambling business he was running and operating was making $10 million a year. Right now, about $50 million. 
However, the FBI, New York, and IRS had no proof. And due to the fact that the Genovese family and Tony had quite a lot of money, they got a sick-ass lawyer, and he got out in six months. It is rumored that during that time, he still continued being the underboss and uh, communicating and running numbers. Here's my question. It's something that I never answer, and maybe you can answer this. Probably not. How do you know someone's a better lawyer than another one? How do these guys... How is someone so much better than someone else that they can just get people off? How can you tell? I got an answer to this. Oh, nice. Okay. Just because uh, in in this case, although the U.S. government, I'm sure they put a, an amazing lawyer on it, fucking the, uh, the criminal lawyer, not the defense attorney, mm-hmm. just they make way more money, so all the good lawyers go to that side because you point. just make— That's a great point. 10 times the income. That's a great fucking His point. crime pays. As you can tell, Fat Tony's a billionaire in the fucking 60s. And uh, deep pockets uh, get better shit in this country. Endless appeal system. It's just you could just push this case so far away. Uh, if I was a bad lawyer, I would just look at what the good lawyers were doing and try and do that. Yeah, I don't. I think they're just inept. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, just like stand up. You're like, uh, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, it's but, true. Uh, you know, go to go to yeah. just look at Dave Chappelle and try and do what Dave Chappelle yeah. does. <laughs> yeah, just good luck. <laughs> In the early 1980s, Fat Tony suffered a stroke, but once he recover- recovered, he was promoted to the front boss, the real guy, one guy down from everything. What a weird week for uh, from stroke to boss for Tony. Um, I was gonna do a stroke impression. Hey guys, it's good to see that. You oh no, <laughs> I'm out of this shot. I can't do that one. Big stroke people are gonna come after me. Steven, you cannot do that on the pill. I'm usually down for anything, but, but I'm not, gonna pop we, out on. We that can't one. do the stroke yes. one. Okay, maybe we'll edit that out. So the street boss, the front boss, was actually conceptualized by the head of the Genovese family, Vincent the Chin Gigante. This was a unique position to only the Genovese family and was made in order to confuse law enforcement officials across the board. Fat Tony became the face of the Genovese crime family and appeared to be the head of the family. But as a street boss, he was only the figurehead. Gigante still ran things from the shadows and was the one who really controlled the Genovese family. Gigante assigned Fat Tony this position due to his loyalty to the Genovese family. I mean, the guy's been in that family since the fucking 30s. He's never snitched on anybody, and he's been pretty much untouchable. If you were to watch the Netflix short documentary series Fear City, New York vs. the Mafia, it covers how the FBI gathered evidence in order to start a trial where they brought racketeering charges against the heads of the five main families across the United States. And they talk about how Fat Tony was clearly the head of the Genovese family and that he was one of the most powerful bosses because people were constantly going out in and out of the Palma Social Club to meet him on a daily basis. These meetings were often included the other four men. Mafia family members and generals. This led the FBI to believe that Fat Tony was the person that they would want to go after to take down the whole New York Mafia. During this era, photos of Fat Tony began to surface with him sporting his trademark uh, trademark fedora and him chewing on a fat-ass cigar all the time. Okay, Craig, you're a stroked-out mob boss. You don't have to be stroked out. Where are you running your business out of, you know? Sopranos was bought a Bing strip club. I think early Goodfellas was a butcher shop. Oh, where are you um, running your mafia? Out a of? weed shop. A weed shop's good. I like that one. I don't know. You just said, uh, 
Or I would love a little Mexican restaurant, some fire ass tacos. I would love that too. Just a back day. room in a Mexican not, restaurant. Yeah. It's fucking Manteca everywhere. Yeah, I like that a Call lot. Callback. Callback. No. <laughs> we're, we're on a um, different le- level. Yeah, now, weed folks. shop or a taco shop. I like that one. I think I would run mine out of a Chick fil A, you know? Because no one could be like, people were coming in there to meet me. Chick fil A's are always packed. Uh, there's a very nice guy at the front that's going to meet you. And, you know, Excellent uh, Oreo shakes. Excellent you know? Oreo milkshakes. <laughs> I'm just chilling. I mean, I'm Fat Tony. I need to eat cheese. <laughs> yeah. And you know, people always leave with Chris Cut fries too. It just seems, you know, I could be the Chris Cut Dawn, the Polynesian dipping sauce Capo. You know, I think the names could work. And pe- how who, who, how could you say they're coming? The barbecue to see boss. Me? The barbecue boss. Oh, mm-hmm. I love it all. I'm gonna do mm-hmm. it. I'm gonna start running drugs out of a mm-hmm. Chick Fil A. We're back. We're back. Out we're of retirement. Day. We're quitting comedy. Yeah. And we're both starting an empire. Yeah, you guys want some weed? You guys want some <laughs> weed? What? You can get it anywhere for extremely cheap? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. This is a tough market. Tough, tough market. market. <laughs> a bad choice. Bad choice. Hey, am I right, guys? Can I, <laughs> can I go back into comedy? No? Okay. Oh. As a boss leading up to the trial of the commission, it is speculated, but no direct proof, that Fat Tony was the one who ordered a hit on Jimmy Hoffa. Additionally, it is suspected that his guidance helped create a construction boom for all the unions that the mafia controlled. So what's happening is during this time in New York, they're building a shit ton of skyscrapers. They're doing a stuff, a lot of stuff like that. And the mafia controls all the unions of the contractors, the concrete guys, all that kind of stuff. The families all had concrete businesses and it's speculated that they would delegate which families were able to get jobs for which skyscrapers that were, bu- that were being built at an incredible rate in the 80s. The commission had so much power that there was no such thing as an independent bid winning, meaning that you could not build anything in New York without paying the mafia. Any of bids that appeared to be independent all had to pay a kickback to the mafia. And this is a very interesting run. Allegedly, there's pictures that prove this. Former President Trump paid off the mafia in order to speed up the construction of his Trump Tower in New York City. And there's actually going to be another co- uh, connection to Trump later on. So, Craig, you're a Don. What business do you tax? Like, in, like you get a little piece of everything sold in L.A. Me, I'm going to go with French Bulldogs. There are 500,000 Frenchies in this neighborhood, and I want a piece of each. You come into my Chick-fil-A, you want want to breed Frenchies. You pay. You pay me. You pay the piper. What am I taxing? Damn, dog. You come with the tough, tough questions. Um, Ooh, I got it. Mineral water. All your little bubblies. All that big boom. Mm Mm-hmm. That white claw money, mm-hmm. give me ten percent. Yep, get the sober community yeah. by the ball. Lacroix, Lacroix, yeah, it's it's Lacraig. That's Lacraig. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Bublé. All right. Craigle. In- <laughs> <laughs> and now a message from our sponsors. I heard you want to be a frito bandido like me. You do. Then you must sing the bandido song. Let's sing together. You just follow the bouncing Fritos corn chips bag. Ay, 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 ay. I am the Frito Bandido Eggie. I like Fritos corn chips. I love them, I do. I want Fritos corn chips. I'll get them from you. Ay, 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 ay. Oh, I am the Frito Bandito. Give me Fritos corn chips and I'll be your friend. The Frito Bandito, you must not offend. Now, boys and girls, you are Frito Bandidos too. 
You sing the Frito Bandito song, and you loco for crunchy Fritos corn chips. That's nice. Munch, munch, munchy, bunchy Fritos corn chips. The FBI built a case during the 1980s to bring the commission, the mafia, to trial based on the RICO law. RICO stands for Racketeering Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act and was originally signed in the 1970s. The law was created by a professor who saw it as the only way to file charges against the mafia. The law professor noticed that the FBI never arrested any big league players in the five families, so he created this law because he viewed the mafia as a large organization engaging in systematic racketeering across multiple venues and not paying taxes. However, no one really understood the law until the professor reached out to the FBI in the early 80s. The FBI was able to link various concrete construction companies to the five families and noticed that many of them were owned by the current heads of the five families. This gave the case... This gave them... Bam! This gave them the case to bring up charges against the heads of the families because by utilizing the RICO law, the FBI could charge the mafia bosses for ordering others to do their work for them and not paying taxes. Uh, in the actually, bad. Now we don't need to talk about them. Why not? Well, uh, the big guy who was going after the mafia at the time was actually Rudy Giuliani. That's how he got famous. Was oh. by going after the mafia in New York. What's up with that dude, though? Uh, okay. This. Oh yeah, this was actually pretty good too. I guess I shouldn't. I shouldn't skip yeah, this that's one. Interesting. If I'm not story. mistaken, this argument was also what used to put Charles Manson away because he never actually killed anyone, but he used his like followers to do all his work for you. So this 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 law professor it created something that really fucking worked and was really fucking smart. This case is the subject of the Fear City limited documentary series on Netflix and details how the FBI wiretapped the five families and gathered evidence on them. So, Craig, essentially the government couldn't get these guys, so they developed a law that could. Craig, you are, you know, the weed shop Don. You got your girl as your concierge. You're the man of Redondo Beach. What? What is one law that they create that could get you in trouble? For me, it would be like if they created a law against people who bite their fingernails. Ooh. Something that would, no matter how much I stopped, I would be getting Sweets, caught. bro. Sweets. Oh, I yeah. gave up uh, alcohol and narcotics, and now I love my candy. They say that about uh, sober Fucking people. that, that, this sugar, man. What's your this, candy? What's your favorite candy? What's oh, candy? Oh man, I mean, like I I love donuts. I like I like peanut butter cups, sour gummies, all of it. I'm a, you know just like my drug. I like, oh, mm-hmm. I eat it all. Like ooh, what's what am I in the mood for? But you've you all you've always maintained a decent physique though. I actually was my biggest uh, when I was uh, a pill head and a coke head. I was yeah. 185, and uh, I Wait, got you pictures. Now, like yeah, yeah, I was 25 pounds heavier. 30 pounds and just was just that unhealthy, like gray, green skin, sweating, mm-hmm. not moving. People were like, you all right? Mm-hmm. You know, no color. Oh, it was bad. Uh, I can feel I feel like you can know when you have a cocaine problem and it gets really bad when you're able to start eating while yes. on cocaine. Yes, I've told that to many people. Like, you oh, know, dude. you're a coke head when you, you do a line and eat a chicken tender. Yeah, right? exactly. That's not normal that's, behavior. <laughs> no, no, you've you've gained. You just hit super saiyan coke head. Yeah. And, uh, of course, when you're down in that dark world, you always want the worst foods imaginable mm-hmm. at the worst hour imaginable. Imaginable, 
Like I want deep fried fucking cheeseburgers and steaks. butter biscuits, steaks. I had a buddy of mine who would who would do coke and then eat a steak, and I was like, I don't even. It's it's crazy. I could do that in my eating something on cocaine would yeah. be the last thing I would ever want to do. All right, this is gonna be a fun one too. So what did we say? Your you would be tax business would be sweets. All right, during this time, the FBI utilized the second hand man of Fat Tony, Vincent the Fish Cafaro. The fish was involved in all the top meetings and wore a wire from 1986 to 1987 due to a deal he cut with the feds in order to get his charges reduced. Here's an idea, Craig. Don't trust a guy named the fish. Yeah, yeah. Wet and slippery motherfucker, yeah. you know. Was Joe the Snake not available? <laughs> yeah. Or Tim the Thief couldn't hold your wallet? <laughs> why didn't? Why wasn't it, you know, uh, Leon the Loyal Lion, you know? <laughs> 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 you got it. You got it. Tim the the lap cat Jones. <laughs> yeah. Want to get with him? So here we go. Here's one that I think is going to be fun. We you can't give yourself a mafia name. You have to give it to someone else. So Craig, what do you think my mafia name would? Mine for you would be Craig the Muppet Conan because you have a very Jim Henson kind of vibe. Good name. I like that. The name. Muppet's pretty cool. Oh no. Um. I'm Furious Fury, Steve the Fury. It's not Steve bad. The Fury, not bad. I'll take that. You got you come in hot a little. You know? I do come in a little warm, you know? a little hot. Yeah, I like it though. Yeah, I like a little hot. Too much hot. Let's get the fuck out of here. A little hot. You just like you're nice. You you know stand your ground. Get in a fight once in a while. It's good for you. Yeah, it's definitely good for me. Oh man, I remember. God, did you remember being in a time of life where you just fought people a lot more? Yeah, everyone always oh. all the time. It was exhausting. Yeah, just going into a party and just like being mad at people like oh this guy bumped me or something it's just like it's insane it's insane i'm so happy i don't do that anymore it's you just grow up you're like oh it's me yeah i'm the problem if they take me out of this thing no one's it's fighting people me at the birthday party. and once you realize that you're like you avoid a lot of it i feel like all right the evidence was gathered to create a solid rico case against the five family bosses for the in Dykements that the U.S. attorney Rudy Giuliani in 1985 would do. It's interesting how both Rudy Giuliani and our last president, Donald Trump, have connections with Fat Tony. So right now we got the fish wiring all the people that Fat Tony knows. He's Fat Tony's best friend. Um, he's getting information on anybody. Fat Tony has no idea. Fat Tony then gets arrested. And when he went on f trial, he completely... He wouldn't admit to anything. He kept his mouth shut. Fat Tony, you're the shit, bro. Respect. Honestly, that's the thing about Fat Tony, Craig, that I think, too. The guy never got into drugs. He killed some people, but, you know, they're people who fucking it's other people's wives, too. And it's like, they were you know, drug addicts and diddling a married woman. Yeah, exactly. He kind of seems like a guy I kind of fuck with. Yeah, it's not, not right, but yeah. I'm just saying if there ever, you know, he's the honest man amongst Unhonest man. Yeah, if you're gonna to do certain it, extent. Yeah, if you're gonna do it, he did it right. He refused to name anyone involved with anything, and even though his voice was on the tapes, he just kept saying it wasn't me, which is fantastic. It's fantastic. I love that. Just <laughs> no, <laughs> no, not me. No, no, no. Uh, you say I'm Fat Tony, no, and I order you, <laughs> <laughs> and this is my social security number. Nope, never heard of him. Not, not, not me. Not at all. Nope. Stop. Not no, me. That's not my car. 
Unfortunately for him, <laughs> that's not my cup. It's not. That's You're not my in it. It's registered to, to you. Mm, not me. No, no, no. It's like the same thing when I tried to get out of a fucking red light ticket. You ever got a red light ticket? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really hard. I fought it and face. I won. Oh, really? Yeah. What did you have? Did you were you? They couldn't see your face. Uh, I think I got lucky with the weird stipulation to where it was they were legal when I got the ticket, but then they phased them out. Remember, they went away and yeah. then they came back. They came back, yeah. So like oh, I I got that one. gray area and uh, but I fought it and because I heard you could beat it and I was like, well, I'm not paying six hundred dollars. Yeah. And I I think I just dodged a bullet. I don't know. If, I just literally showed up like. I hope this works out. Like, I yeah. got nothing. That's good, though. And shit. it worked out. They just threw it out. But they threw everyone's out. It was like a weird, like, what'd yeah. you do? I was a, they, It was recently. It was right before the pandemic. I had to go to Santa Monica Courthouse. And uh, pretty much, so you can get away with it. When I, I So I got there at 10 a.m. because I thought that's when my case was. When my case was there at 1. And in Santa Monica, it's far enough to really three hours. I don't know if I have enough time to drive back from Santa Monica and then drive back there without having just like 30 minutes at my apartment. So what I did is I just sat into everyone else's case and tried to learn what they did to get oh. past it. And if you just have like a hat and a beard and then you go into court and you don't have a hat and you shave your beard, they can't prove that it was you driving. Because you can't get a red light ticket if you're not driving, even though it's your car. Yeah. So um, I did not have that. It was completely my face. It looked like I almost held my fucking You go to Rite Aid real quick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah and I got, it's like a weird head. I bleached my skin. Put chocolate on your tooth. <laughs> you sure it was me? What? But yeah, it didn't work. I paid $600. So that was a fucking Fuck. Idea. I hate them. $600? How about one fifty? Oh, the parking tickets in this town are just... Fuck off. I sound like such an old man. When we were kids, they were like 20 bucks. Now they're like 90 Yeah, for 90 a parking bucks, ticket. Dude. You're like 20 is f- whatever. I fucked up. I get it. 20 is fair. Yeah. 90, you're an asshole. Yeah, you're the not- mob. You're now Fat Tony. You're extortion. You're extorty people. Yeah. It's also like I, I wasn't like parked in an emergency zone or at a fire, hospital. A fire hydrant, yeah. a handicap spot. Like we get it. Okay, those can be extreme. But a regular fucking parking ticket or a permit ticket street sweeping they just fuck you man dude the worst one i got is we got street sweeping here right it's at nine in the morning so i woke up at nine in the morning got my car you can drive it across the street only during street sweeping because it's red and you can stay there and let them do it i drove it there i went back down at 11 10 and lady gave me a red light ticket because that was 10 minutes over being there it was like i moved it so you guys could do this they don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. <laughs> fuck you, pay me. Yeah. That's my whole shit. Uh, what's that? Goodfellas? Yeah, fuck you, that's pay a, me. That's the the government. Every government ever. Fuck you, pay me. That's it. All right. Unfortunately for him, there's more than enough evidence to convict him based on the RICO law, and he was sentenced to 100 years in prison. It is rumored, since Fat Tony covers his tracks, he can't really prove it. <laughs> Should have snitched. Should have snitched. Should have snitched. I take it back. <laughs> if my if, if I go to jail for double digits, I'm taking everyone yeah. down. Yeah. I'll take any per- I don't even know people. I'll go like, hang out with the fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're going swimming. <laughs> <laughs> Me, the fish, the snake, the thief. It's free men. Yeah. Or the fuck your name was. Yeah, yeah. Tim the house cat. Yeah. The loyal lion. <laughs> Sorry, bud. Even as his health deteriorated in jail, Fat Tony would still help run numbers and gambling uh while Pretty much for the mafia wise inside. A lot of these mafia movies, a lot of these mafia characters are built on Fat Tony's persona. 
as being one of the oldest guys and one of the guys that, you know, would kill people that were dealing in drugs in his family, all that kind of stuff. One of the most famous exchanges happened at the end of the trial when prosecutors offered Fat Tony a granola bar and suggested he eat that instead of the baby Ruth's and almond joys that always filled his pockets. Fat Tony replied, I'm going to die in the can anyway, so what does it fucking matter? Nice. Amen. Gangster. Amen. Call it how it is. I respect people like that. You're just like, nah. While in prison, the evidence Kafaro the fish had gathered was used to bring more RICO charges against Fat Tony, and he was given another 70 years added on to his 100. What's the point, asshole? What is the point of that one? But also, if I get 100, I'm just going to start admitting to all the crimes. Yeah, at that point. That's true. Let's just make me know. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah. I, I know Bigfoot. I was the guy who killed JFK. <laughs> Ever heard of the... The Siberian Husky. I was trying to think. What was it called? I, abominable Snowman. That's where, my, that's where my brain goes. I'm like, what is Siberian it? What is it? Yeah, I know dogs. I killed them all. I was like, oh, so that's uh, Abominable Snowman took them out. 9-11, me. <laughs> I can't believe that's how that's, that's how my brain works, bro. I'm like, okay, it's white. It's, it's white. something. It's, it's something. It's, it's something. Coming to the end here. Fat Tony died in a federal prison in Springfield, Missouri on July 27, 1992, due to complications from a second stroke. I mean, a man so smoked cigarettes and ate Almond Joys and Baby Ruth's all the time. Probably. He had a good run. He had a good run. He had a good life. I mean, the man died in 1992, and he was gangbanging in, like, the, the, the 30s. So it's like he had a pretty probably fun life, and, you know. That's a long career in that life. That's a long career, especially, like, people coming after your spot. Yeah. And he's killing guys who are dealing drugs. Like, I just don't understand. I mean, I get it. You don't want a job, but it's just like that. The level of fear constantly from your friends, family, loved ones, and the feds. Like, nah, I don't need that level of anxiety. It's just like, that's why I don't cheat on my girlfriends anymore. Because, like, when you cheat on your girlfriend, you're just oh, every text. You're like, what's that text? Every phone call, it's like like that. Imagine that, but it's your friends that might be trying to kill you. And it's a gun behind a gun. your head, and you don't know it's coming, and it's from your homie. And that's how it's done in that world. Awful. No, thank you. I'll just be a lowly comedian, I guess. One of my favorite sayings is a quote I use all the time. I learned it from uh, Lamar Odom, actually, but... Is uh, that what you do in the dark comes out in the light? It's a lesson I've been learning my whole fucking life, and uh, I'm working on it. I think I'm doing pretty good here, but you know, it's true. And I think it's you, fucking true. A hundred percent. I would couldn't. I couldn't imagine, especially now in this age, people are yeah. just shining light in the dark to fuck over anybody. So I think also another time thing you should do now. A lot of people, if they are have a lot of darkness, as long as it's not like a huge crime that you do, shine your own light in it. Get it out there early. Talk about who you really are. Maybe something can help you. I don't know. People are coming off your people, and they're taking them down for fun. We're on our last bit. Craig. Mm. Years after his death, Kafaro mentioned that Fat Tony was just the face of the Genovese family and that Tony was so loyal to the mafia that he was willing to go down to save the whole family. Due to Vincent the Chin Gigante putting Fat Tony as the face, the true head of the Genovese family never went to jail. However, the media and the FBI pretended like they took down the whole thing with just Fat Tony. The commission trial did hurt the mafia, but it did not destroy them as the law and the media had stated. The Chin was an interesting person that we're probably going to get to later, and he was known as the Odd Father because he pretended to be insane to avoid jail time. That's pretty, that's a good idea. Uh, that would be my defense. Yeah. 
Just be stroke. Look at the two. All right, Craig. So we're going to go through here and we're going to learn about you being a boss. Craig, the Muppet, Conant. Yeah. Clothes, you know, not too bad. Flashy a little bit. Nice truck. Crimes. Uh, what, what what was your crime? What did you want? Maybe just like mischief crime, you know, just a little weed, little fireworks. Yeah, I smuggle in Fourth of <laughs> July fireworks, you know, like the, the good stuff. Yeah, the the, yeah. the the firework dawn of Redondo Beach. Yeah, no no murder, no narcotic. I'm done. Love that. Uh, the mafia town you're working out of is Redondo Beach. The place you worked out of is a taco shop slash weed shop. Which how how yes. does that not exist? Yes. Hello, God, yes. Los Angeles. You're welcome. God, yes. My boss. Uh, your consigliere is your girlfriend. <laughs> what businesses uh, you tax money is uh, no one's having minimal water in L.A. without <laughs> Craig getting a piece. <laughs> he said minimal water. Minimal water. water. It's minimal water. Yeah, in that's there. right. Uh, where do you go on the run? You're running to Mexico. All day, baby. Where do you save your vast wealth? You said just in the forest. Loose in the forest. Yeah. In the I, ho I hollow out the trees the tree. <laughs> in the woodpeckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just shoving in trees. Good idea, maybe. I don't know. And last up, the law to capture Craig would be sweets. sweets. Just put a put Snickers sweets. on the end of a of a of a rat deal. I'm done. I'm like, oh. you, get, you get Craig with the Snickers it's, on a fishing it's line. A king size. <laughs> it's a it's an ice cream. Oh, the ice cream one. Oh, I'm sorry, Furious Fury. You yeah. got it. They got me. They gave me 20 years for the <laughs> Snickers tax. I gotta, I gotta get you in, Furious Fury. You're done. You're done. So, Craig, uh, anything you want to promote to my 300 listeners? Uh, yeah, Craig Conant, Craig P. Conant on Instagram. I'm touring uh, Texas, San Antonio, and Florida. Uh, yeah, come get these fart jokes, baby. I'm more than that. I'm more than yeah, that. make sure you follow Craig. I mean, he doesn't need it. He has almost a hundred thousand Instagram followers. My man has been doing <laughs> well. My man has bumped up since I've known him. I couldn't be happier for him. Listen to his podcast. Get on his Patreon. Yeah, he's on it. Check out I've, his episode. Yeah, I have an episode. It was a delight to be on it. Once again, I want to give a shout out to my research team, Doctor Joe Hoffswell. If you want to see what these people look like or any visuals we have talked about, watch our show on YouTube, where we will post all the references and. I'll show you the videos of the guy fighting, show what people look like. And if you want to help out, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps a ton. Make sure you like, subscribe, and comment. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Craig, for coming out here. Thank you. Doing my studio in my studio apartment. Always, brother. Thanks Appreciate for having me.